Amen. Well, we're so glad to see a few more people in the house of God. And it puts tears to your eyes to be able to see each other after a couple of months. And and we haven't been, some of us haven't been here for a couple of months. And uh, it's really great to be able to come together. And hopefully this will open up more and more. Our government will allow us to to have more uh, people come uh, together. And and we know that that's going to happen. They've already announced that. But it's just a matter of time. Uh, But in the meantime, we have some great reports uh, Brother Samsoni and Brother Tekeli, along with Brother Maurice and Brother Pate, went down to Swan Hill and they baptized four precious souls in Jesus' name. Amen. God is continuing to move. Amen. I believe that this, this restriction is like a, a buildup of a dam of water that's building up and building up. Then when they finally <laughs> open up the dam, <laughs> there's going to be an outpouring of flooding of people in the house of God. So. Amen. We're looking forward to that. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 11. And we're continuing our series that we just launched about a way through. And a way through the wilderness. Amen. Numbers 11, if you could stand in honor of the Word of God, if you are um, joining with us live stream, you can also stand wherever you are. And we've got about 10 verses, and we're going to skip... Uh, on this chapter of several verses, but starting from verse number four. The Bible says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? I'm reading from the New King James. Verse 5, it says, We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. He said our, our soul, our, our being is dried up. Now jump down to verse number 18 of the same chapter. Then you shall say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month. Says you ask for it, you're going to get it. Until it comes out of your nostrils and become loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we ever come out of Egypt? I'll jump down to verse 31 in the final portion, verse 31 to 34. Now a wind went out from the Lord and it brought quail from the sea and left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey on this side and about a day's journey on the other side all around the camp and about two cubits above the surface of the ground. And the people stayed up all the day, all night, and all the next day, and gathered the quail. He who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people, and the people struck the people, and the Lord struck the people with a great, a very great plague. So he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatava because they were buried 
because they buried the people who had yielded to craving. Kibroth Hatava simply means the grave of cravings. And that's what I want to talk to you here today. Uh, the graves of craving. Amen. Let us pray. If you would join with me in prayer and lift up your voices, let us pray again for Brother Alex Carling and Sister Arietta right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can feel your presence once again in this house, that we can gather as a church, both here in this house and virtually in our own houses, in our own homes. Lord, I pray right now that you would lift up uh, we, we would lift up to you, Brother Alex Carling and, and Sister Arietta right now, in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord God, to pour out your healing virtue to flow upon their lives. The Lord, for a testimony of your power and of your great compassion, that you would recover them and bring healing to their bodies. Lord, we claim their deliverance. We claim their victory right now by the authority of the Word of God, by the power that's in the name Jesus. We claim healing right now. Lord God, as we open our hearts to your word, let us not just hear man as it were, but let us hear your voice as the living word would preach the written word. Lord God, let it speak forth out of my mouth and let it speak into the hearts and the ears of your hearers, your children, to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. There is, to this day, a phenomenon that occurs only in the small area in the southern part of the Sinai, where early in the morning on the ground would appear uh, these white spots about the size of a $2 coin. And when it's touched, it has the consistency of a flaky wafer uh, type of substance. And the Bedouins uh, around that area would call this, they would call it in their language, Manu, which when interpreted, it means, what is it? The same exact meaning that the Israelites had given to this uh, substance that they had found when God began to provide for them. They called it manna. As they wandered in the wilderness and starving for food, God answered them. However, it is reported that this wafer comes from a tiny insect that punctures the bark of a tamarisk tree and drinks the sap and then begins to exude a clear liquid that solidifies as a sugary globule when it hits the ground. And what's amazing is that we had the same phenomenon here in Australia, in the outback. You can get it, you often find it on, on gum leaves this white stuff, and it's sweet like honey. And exactly how the Bible describes it uh, in the book of Exodus, thin flakes like frost on the ground, uh, which appeared on the desert floor, and when the dew disappeared in the morning, it was like white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey, and all uh, of that was given for the children of Israel to consume. And Israel would certainly do that. It was sweet like honey. Some of us would have been okay with that. Sweet to the taste. And in this text, we understand that while it was good to begin with, it got a little monotonous. After several days, several months, I mean, when you first have it, you know, it's nice, it's beautiful. But 
but day in and day out for weeks and months and years, it can get a little monotonous. And of course, the, the, the ladies, the cooks, they did what they could with it. They ground it into flour. They made manna pies. They made manna croissants and manna quiche and manna baguettes and manna buns and manna roti and manna sushi, maybe. I don't know. They did every which way but lose with that manna. And to say they got tired of it is simply an understatement. In fact, the Bible tells us, and it gives us this description in the text that we read this morning. It says, our whole being dried up. Our soul was dried up from eating this manna. Amen. As boring as it got to eat it day in and day out, I just want to simply make an inference to say that God gave them food enough to sustain them. This manna would follow them for virtually 40 years. 40 years. God would send manna from heaven. And whether it's from insects or whether it's from heaven directly, it doesn't really matter. It was God that provided them for virtually 40 years he would give them something that could sustain them that would ensure that they would remain alive. Amen. Praise God. Uh, but the Bible tells us uh, that this bread from heaven, they got a little sick of it. And yet God still gave to them and he provided for them. Can I just simply say to you that, that God will always provide your need? Amen. Yes, he will. It may not always be what you want. It may not always provide you with the variety, which is the spice of life, they say, is variety. But can I tell you that God will always provide whatever it is that you need. Amen. Even if you got to go through the same thing for 40 years, can I remind you that God will always meet your need. Amen. Praise God. It may not be a, a three Michelin star banquet. It may not be, uh, you know, the, the latest kind of fad with food. But can I tell you, he will give you a food, amen, that will sustain you for however long, amen, God has for you in this life. Praise God. He will provide. He said he will not withhold one good thing from them that would walk uprightly. He will always meet your need. Can I tell you, he will not see his children begging bread. I've come to remind somebody today and tell you that God will provide for you. He will open up windows from heaven when you are faithful to him. Praise God, because he will not withhold one good thing from his children. Amen. He will provide. Praise God. And this, in essence, is a story of God's provision. And the rabble of the mixed multitude... The Bible tells us there were some groups of others who were not Israelites that joined them from Egypt. They, they were yielding, the Bible says. They were consumed by this in, intense craving. They started to affect the Israelites, and the Israelites themselves began to cry and complain. They started to murmur, looking back uh, to Egypt, looking back to where they used to be, where they used to live. They used to eat the leeks and the garlics and the melons and the cucumbers. And when they cried for food, God gave to them. You know, we, we see this. God provided for them. He gave them manna when they needed food. And, and when they got tired of that, even though he was incensed with them, yet he still gave to them meat that they needed. And I understand that sometimes we do get tired of, 
of what, what we get, the same thing over and over. And it wasn't that, that God was, was not willing to give to them some variety. It wasn't that God wasn't willing to provide some protein for them. But it was a simple fact that they had showed contempt for God with their sense of ungratefulness driven by their flesh's lust for food. And in their disdain for the food, they started to direct their anger and complaint towards the man of God and towards God himself. That they longed, that they even were happy to go back to Egypt because they remembered the spices. They remembered, you know, Egypt, we had some of that, that extra spice. We had some garlic, we had some thum, and we had some, some hummus, and, and there was some tabbouleh over there. They, you know, they looked back and said, instead of just eating this plain old wafer bread. It was nice to begin with, but I'm kind of over. And it wasn't that God was not willing to give them some, some variety, but, but it was the simple fact that they had this sense of contempt and ungratefulness and this greed that had began to stir up within them. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You ask for meat in your complaint, in your lack of gratefulness, I'm going to give you so much meat, amen, that is going to come out of your nostrils, amen. You talk about uh, consuming a lot. And so God sent a wind full of quails out from the sea and virtually it dropped uh, on their lap. It was like a drive through red rooster. They were surrounded by red rooster everywhere. And when the people saw it, they were just blown away. They went uh, for, uh, for all of what they could get. They grabbed everything, the least of them. The Bible says grabbed 10 homers full of quail. A homer is equivalent to a sack. The least of them got one to ten sacks of quail. I remember in, in the Philippines, you know, they, they have, uh, you're, you're waiting along in the bus in the traffic and you got these people selling stuff and they, they sell little packets of quail eggs. Remember that? Uh, as a kid, I used to love the tiny little eggs, boiled eggs. And, and when you look at it, look, you know, if you're not used to it, it kind of looks gross. You know, it kind of looks just good. But it's just like a chicken egg, you know, only just miniature version. And they sold that. But, but here they had uh, as much quail as they wanted. Their Christmases had all come at once, and they had never seen so much protein. And in their craving, in their lust, in their greed, they gorged themselves with such ferocity of uncontrolled lust and greed for food that God brought a judgment of plague, of a plague upon them. And God pronounced this judgment, and many of them perished in that wilderness. You see, there's a danger in uncontrolled lust. All that's in the world, the Bible says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And no wonder the apostle reminds us, he commands us, he said, to walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. There was something about this flesh that had consumed them uh, that they virtually gorged themselves on this meat uh, to the point where God's anger was kindled against them and he pronounced judgment upon their lives. Amen. I think on a, on a very basic level, of course, it talks about the lust of the flesh and how it's never satiated. It's never satisfied. Our flesh, it always longs for more. Amen. And this story tells us, it points to us of the fact of God's people crave for food and, and God gave them what they wanted. God gave it to them because 
because he's a good God. But their attitudes were wrong. Their spirits were wrong because when they got what they wanted, it didn't satisfy them. And they no longer wanted what they got. Amen. When they got what they wanted, it didn't really satisfy them when they finally got it. Amen. And that's when they wanted something else, whatever that was that they wanted, as soon as they got it, they wanted something else. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. And that's the nature of greed and lust is that it is never satisfied that the more you get, the more you want. And there is no satisfaction or fulfillment when we crave for things and we crave for stuff for our flesh, for our carnality. It's a craving, brothers and sisters, that is at odds with the Spirit of God. And it is never satisfied. And I'm not just talking about about food or sex but but we're brought up in the world to pursue what we want in life and you set your life's course and you determine the entire trajectory of your life in order for you to obtain that goal that dream that vision but can I tell you when you get it somehow it is the most anticlimactic experience of your life it's the biggest letdown because what you thought was going to give you satisfaction what you thought was going to make you happy when you get it it didn't make you happy that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel they craved for something uh, that they thought as, as if I could just get more of this if I can just get some of that I know I'm going to be happy but when they got it they were not satisfied they wanted more and more and more can I tell you it's simply because what they wanted was the wrong things what they pursued in their lives it was the wrong things that would not give them satisfaction and can I tell you there is only one thing that will give satisfaction to your souls there is only one that will give you joy that would fulfill your life and that's none other than Jesus Christ amen oh I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying to you today no wonder you're depressed it's little wonder that you're not satisfied because you keep pursuing after that that's not going to give you joy oh but there is joy unspeakable in one he is the goal he is the purpose he is the dream he is the vision for our lives hallelujah if i can get more monitor here please glory to god amen it's not always what it's cracked up to be it just makes you hungrier and thirstier for more, the things of this world. And here, here's the lie that we've been, we've been sold for so long. We keep pursuing, thinking we'll get there. It's like a carrot and, on a, and a stick and the donkey following the carrot. It's constantly pursuing. It's constantly moving, but, but you never quite get there. It's the same with the things of the world. It's the same when we look for satisfaction of our flesh and of our eyes and the pride of life. Is that it never satisfies. It never, it's never enough. We seek for success and money and comforts and food and popularity and recognition and significance and position and power and ministry and all that will leave you with nothing more than a dried up spirit. Just like what they did. They had what God gave to them and yet their spirits were dried up because they had, they said this is nothing but manna. They, they wanted to go back to Egypt but oh, 
they forgot. But when they were back in Egypt, they were nothing but slaves. Sure, you had the spices. Sure, you had the leeks and the melons. But you were also relegated to a second rate, a citizen. And they forgot so quickly that they were slaves. Oh, I would to God that we would remember, not forget where we came out of, that we were bound in sin, that we were, we were wrapped up in drugs and in vices. And when God brought us here, he got rid. He helped us and healed us. He delivered us out of our sin and out of our bondage. I've come to tell somebody here today, don't forget where you came out of. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It's so easy when we've been in this for a while, when we've been in the church for a little while, that somehow, yeah, God, I want a little bit more. I want some more of that. And we can get this entitlement mentality. And we can say, Lord, I'm sick of just the manna. I'm sick of just sitting there. I want something more. I'm entitled. Oh, can I tell you, friend, it's time for us to realize what we had back then. We don't deserve anything more oh glory to God hallelujah because the only thing worth pursuing is Jesus nothing can satisfy your soul like Jesus can amen and we want something we pursue after and we're constantly dissatisfied and we want something more it's a little bit like the the, the people that are shipwrecked and are, are, are lost at sea and then they're dying of thirst and they're surrounded by water, yet they can't drink. And they think, oh, there's so much water here. I'm thirsty. I'm dying of thirst. And so when they begin to drink, they think it's going to quench their thirst. But it doesn't quench the thirst. The salt water actually makes them more thirsty. Can I tell you the things that we pursue in life? Amen. All of that I've spoken about, the flesh and, and position and power and, and, and money and wealth, all of that. God gives those things to us. We need those things to get by in this life but can I tell you they are not our pursuit they are not our goal it'll just make you thirst here but what we want that can give us contentment and joy that God like we heard it already today I don't need any more from you you already gave me so much let me be satisfied oh can I tell you nothing can satisfy your soul like Jesus can Oh, glory to God. Proverbs 27 and 20, the Bible says, Hell and destruction are never full. So are the eyes of man are never satisfied. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're, we, we think we, if we could just get what we want, then it's going to give us what we need. I'm reminded of a story of a Navy physician who was stationed in the Pacific. This was back in, in, during World War II and. He wanted nothing so much more than to hear from his fiance back at home. And weeks had passed with no mail, but finally he got what he wanted, and a letter from his fiance had arrived, and it was a snapshot taken on a beach showing two couples smiling contentedly while his fiance sat alone at one side, forlorn and looking very lonely. And he was so happy. He, there was a note enclosed explaining that this is how she was fretting away the time until he would return. Oh, how, how beautiful. How romantic. 
And at first the physician was delighted, the doctor was delighted, displaying it proudly to his fellow, serv- fellow uh, uh, officers. But, but yet somehow that night, after studying the photo for some time, he turned to his, his maid and he said to him, John, he said, I, I wonder who took the photo? <laughs> who took the picture? Sometimes what we want isn't always cracked up the way we thought it would be. Sometimes what we go after is not always what's going to satisfy us. Amen. How quickly the children of Israel forgot. How quickly they, they started now demanding. <laughs> they said, we need some food now. We need some manna. Uh, now I'm sick of this manna. I want some meat. And how quickly we can become entitled amen when we had nothing you remember you remember coming through these doors uh, coming from a world full of sin i can remember coming through these doors and wondering well I, I'm, I'm amazed that these people let me in these doors the, this place looks so clean it looks so holy i, I don't deserve to be here i, I don't deserve to to be standing and, and worshiping with these people and, and and you know and after a while god gives me the holy ghost and he he i get baptized in jesus name and and after a while i start to i can get an attitude you know well uh, god where where is this you know i I want something more, God. I, I, I deserve so much more. And God, God will remind me, don't forget where you came from. Uh, some people will look back in their life. and Well, back then I had more stuff. And, and before I came to God, I didn't have some of these problems and issues. But can I tell you, when you can think back and look back to your life, when you had no God, when your life was empty, when you were lost and didn't know where your life was going to end up, and God came into your life and he filled you with a gift of the Holy Ghost and he washed away your sins. Oh, you ought to thank God. Even if you don't have everything in life, even if you don't have everything that you want, but God, let me remember that the only thing that can satisfy is you. Lord, let me look to you. You are the one I look forward to. You are the one that's my source. You are my prize. You are my reward. You are my buckler and my shield and it's only you alone oh I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying to you today quit looking at the material things quit looking at your ambitions and what you want but find your joy in a relationship with God oh hallelujah thank you Jesus we are all sinners only thing deserving is hell And in their craving, in their lust, they were consumed by their desire. You see, this life, here's a secret. It's not about getting what you want, but it's about wanting what you get. I know it's profound. I know it's it's deep. But can I tell you it's powerful? Life is not about getting what you want, but it's about wanting what you get. It's like that old, you know, Luther Vandross song. Don't be with the one you love, but just love the one you're with. You think, oh, man, do I have to? Let me remind you, folks, is that you may never get what you want. And you've got to deal, you've got to live your life and work with the cards that you are dealt with. 
Amen. And if you can look at your life and see how much better off it is, the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Praise God. There is great gain in your walk with God, being content with the Lord. Praise God. And being able to love and appreciate what you have. Be thankful. Be grateful. And value what you have. Here's what David said in Psalms 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He said, don't let me forget that he loads me every day with his benefits. That if I can still have life, that if I'm breathing, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive for better. I'm not saying that we shouldn't make improvements in our lives and that we shouldn't be wise with our money. No, we ought to be the wisest that we can. We ought to be stewards. We ought to be wise with everything everything that we have but remember what you have is what God has given to you and don't complain don't fret don't be entitled but simply rejoice and remember what God has given to you oh like that old song we used to sing count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings and see what God has done amen let me tell you if it wasn't for God who was on our side where would we be we would be lost we would be back in Egypt undone and you've got to have yourself you've got to remind yourself of God's blessings upon your life praise God because the cravings of your flesh is never satisfied the ambitions of a carnal heart is never satiated it always wants something more it wasn't that God was against giving them more it was their attitude. It was their complaining. They quickly forgot where they came from. And the Bible tells us that the mixed multitude who were not Israelites, they didn't have the same vision. They were the ones that influenced these guys. The mixed multitude who came out of Egypt, not Israelites, they might have been Egyptians, they might have been from other nationalities, but they came out with them and said, we're going with you, we're not staying here in Egypt. But they were not of the same stock. They were not of the same family. And they were uh, started to complain. And they, you know, they said, oh, look, it was better back then. And, and their complaining and their whinging began to have an effect on the children of Israel. See, you've got to be careful who you listen to. You've got to be careful of the voices that are feeding in your spirit. Don't listen to slander. Don't listen to gossip and backbiting. Can I tell you the first sign of getting, of getting your spirit to lust for something other than Jesus is when you start listening to complaining and gossip. It leads to rebellion. Amen. You, you've got to be careful of the voices that are speaking in your heart. You've got to be careful of the, the things that you entertain in your heart and in your mind that allows you to become discontented with God and that, that begins to criticize. You know, well, you know, uh, pastor could do this a little better and, and church could be this way. You've got to be careful because there will never be a satisfaction. It will produce only rebellion in your heart and in your spirit. Amen. 
Amen. But you've got to realize and recognize that God is always with you. Amen. Now you can ask for more. Yes, you can. And I believe that God will give to them. But, but don't get that spirit all twisted up in your heart and in your mind of complaining, of being disentitled, of being discontented. But simply say, God, I'm happy where I am. I just want to know you more. I just want to worship you with everything that I have. My joy is my walk with you. Glory to God. Musicians, if you'd like to come. Praise God. This is one of those messages that would probably be just as quiet as now as it would if there was a whole church of folks here. It's about lust. It's about the carnal heart desiring more. And the Bible says, according to expert, Bible experts, they believe that where they were situated, where, where the quails were, it was merely a few days' journey from the promised land. If you look at the map, it's, it's on the eastern side of the Sinai where, where God, uh, where this place was called uh, Kibroth Hatava. It was merely a few days' journey to the promised land. It would take them another 40 years. Could it be that God gave them manna and said, there's, there's only a few days to go. You only have to endure this for a few more days. And you will be in the promised land. But because of their attitude, because of what was in them, it took them another 40 years of eating manna. Could it be that God would withhold something from us that, that we think we wanted so much? Oh, if, if I could just marry him, if, if, I, could just, if I could just get that job, if I, if I could just get that house. And when your attitude is one of ungratefulness, and entitlement and complaining. Could it be that God would withhold it from you when it was, it's only a few days away. You only have to eat manna for a few more days. It's not going to be much longer. But because of their spirits and their attitudes, that God was angry, that the wrath of God was kindled, I don't think there would have been anything wrong to say, hey, Moses, you know, do you think we can get, you know, maybe some, some kebab shops along the way? <laughs> can, can you just litter it with some, some, some drive-throughs along the way? I don't think God would have been upset with that, with that request. There's nothing wrong with asking for more. It was just the attitude. It was just the spirit of complaining. And the Bible says they named that place Kibroth Hatava. Paul makes allusion to the story in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. As I'm closing, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5, he says, But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples. He's talking about the church. He said that we got to read the story knowing that it's an example for us to the intent that we should not lust after evil things 
as they also lusted. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And verse 12 says this, watch this. It says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed to this story, lest he fall. Hallelujah. What are you after in this life? Is Jesus simply a means to an end? Is, is he a pathway to your goal? And I know we, we never start off that way, absolutely. But we could end up that way. Where Jesus, give me my dreams. Give me my, my, my money. Give me my, my ministry. Give me, yes, even in the church. Hallelujah. After Jesus spent time with John the Baptist, two disciples hearing him speak john declaring behold the lamb of god look he says the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world and at that point as he walked away two disciples of john began to follow him and as they were following him jesus turned around to them and, and said what seek ye what do you want from me and the two disciples simply said to jesus Rabbi, we want to know where you live. We want to know where you dwell. And you know what Jesus said? He said, come and see. Jesus has every right to ask, what do you want? What are you after in this life? What, what, what do you want? You want me to give you a comfortable life? You, you want me to, to fulfill all of your ambitions? And you, you want me to give you the lust? Of that your, your, your flesh is craving for? What is it that you want? Let the answers of our hearts simply be, Lord, we want to know you. We want to know where you live. And Jesus always answers. Come, would you stand with me today? Glory to God. Wherever you are, we want to give you an opportunity right now for a few moments to come to the Lord. If you're in your home, watching this in live stream i want to ask you invite you to make a, an altar where you are create an altar where you can bring your heart before god and say god search me oh lord try me lord god let, let me never become entitled let me never become discontented with you let, let me never complain and murmur but god Help me to take my eyes off the things that I've been pursuing. The things that I thought that would give me satisfaction, but, but really it will just make me more thirsty and it will never satisfy. And let me put my eyes on you. Oh, that I would come to your house. Oh, that I would dwell with you. Oh, that I would know you. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, if you would open up your heart, and begin to talk to the Lord he will answer and his spirit would come down upon you right now in the name of Jesus father in Jesus name Lord God we want to give our hearts to you Lord we turn our life over into your hands asking you to forgive us of our our hearts of our flesh Lord God that has dominated our spirit that has 
that has influenced our souls. Lord God, that our soul is dried up with what we have and then wanting something more and our, our attitudes are wrong. Lord God, I pray that you would correct us and lead us as we repent of our sins. As we look to you, Lord God, right now, let the, the lover of our soul come in and touch us and fill us again like a river of living water to satisfy the quench, to satisfy the hunger, the bread from heaven. You are that manna that came from above. And look, God, is now our, our joy and now our satisfaction. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Right now, wherever you are, take this moment to pray in Jesus' name as the singers and musicians lead us in worship. If you need the gift of the Holy Spirit, He can fill you right now. Let Him fill you with His power, with His glory. In Jesus' name, he cut Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, yes. Jesus at the center of it all. 